Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Glad to thank you for joining us in person as well as those online as we worship the living God here at Truvine Baptist Church. Would you please join me in prayer? Eternal God, how grateful we are because of you and the work that you are doing here in this place. God, we thank you that no matter what's going on in our lives and around us or in the world, Lord, that we can put it all in your hands, wherever it is. It can be physical, it can be financial, it can be emotional, whatever it is. Lord, we know, we have confidence that we can put it all in your hands. So God, thank you for assembling us here today and minister to us by your spirit as you have thus far through song and through praise. Lord, fill our cups and make them run it over. And we'll be sure to give you the glory in Jesus' name. Let everyone say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. To our pastor, how grateful I am for this opportunity to stand before our congregation and to worship the Lord through the teaching of his word. If you have your Bibles, would you open them up to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew. I believe there's a word from the Lord uh, to our congregation, to this body on today. We're going to begin our reading from the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament, the gospel according to Matthew chapter 16, and we will begin at verse 13 and read through verse 23. Matthew, Matthew 16, beginning at verse 13, and we will read through verse 23. And it reads this way, when Jesus came into the region of Sisiera Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should not tell, they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. And our focus today is going to be on these three verses here, verse 21 through 23. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and to be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, 
Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Read that again in verse 23. He says, he says, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. You may take your seats. As we begin this sermon, entitled this text, The Things of God. The things of God. Here we see that perspective is everything. Perspective is everything. We have here the writings of Matthew. He has the background of a tax collector. He turned disciple of Jesus Christ. And here in chapter 16, Matthew is describing a turning point that is occurring in the earthly ministry of Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God. And, and, and maybe because of his professional skills to take accurate notations and to lay out the events that are occurring, we get some subtle yet some obvious truths that are applicable to us today. Not only us as the body of Christ globally, but us today as believers and congregants and guests here at True Vine Baptist Church. And so as we go word by word and line by line, we see how Matthew unveils to us the turning point in Jesus' earthly ministry. You say, well, what is the turning point? In verses 13 through 17, we see the revelation of himself. Jesus reveals who he is in, revela- in, in, in Scripture, verses 13 through 17 here in Matthew 16. We also see the revelation of the church. The revelation of the church. Verses 18 through 20. And then finally in verses 21 through 23 we have the revelation of his death, burial, and resurrection. For these, these are the things of God. And so it's important that that Jesus makes clear to his disciples that they must be concerned about the things of God. The things of God, the revelation of Christ, the revelation of his church, and the revelation of his death, burial, and resurrection. It's important that, that when we talk about perspective, that perspective is everything because if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's important that you have the right perspective about ministry for Jesus Christ. It, it's important that, that when we are representing Jesus Christ and his church, it's important that we communicate properly properly about Jesus Christ. It's also important that we understand properly about Jesus Christ. It's also important that we are aligned accordingly with 
Jesus Christ. In other words, I'm saying that we must communicate rightly about the things of God, understand rightly about the things of God, and be aligned rightly with the things of God. Here in chapter 16, we see that Matthew shows us that everybody ain't on the same page. <laughs> Pardon my, my grandma, I said ain't, but everybody is not on the same page regarding the things of God. Even in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what the scripture shows us that even in Jesus community <laughs> amongst his disciples everybody wasn't on the same page they didn't have the same understanding they weren't talking the same they weren't aligned the same about uh, the things of God in <laughs> church member the reason that we should be concerned about this because when you find yourself out of alignment with the things of God talking wrong about the things of God not understanding the things of God you become a, a stumbling block and opposed to the things of God yes yes we see here in scripture that the very person that Jesus called blessed he had to turn and rebuke because his communication, his understanding, and his alignment was out of order and not conforming to the things of God. In verse 13, Matthew invites us into what Jesus is doing. Jesus is doing some market research. He's doing some market research. And so, so he has a focus group amongst his disciples in, in verse 13. And as you see here, he says that in his focus group, he said, uh, uh, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Jesus asked this question, then he posed another question. Uh, who do you say that I am? These two questions as part of his market research is because he wants to understand what is the perspective of fellow men, fellow women, boys and girls about his purpose, his identity in the region, in the world today. Mm -hmm. because, because Jesus is be beginning this turning point in his ministry where he's preparing to, to go to the cross. And it's important that those which are his disciples are on the same page and they have the same understanding. So he asked, again, to get an assessment of perception, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Then he says, but who do you say that I am? Church family, don't you understand those are the same questions? The same questions that are asked of you today? Who do men say that I am? As you look around your scope of influence on your job, in your neighborhood, in your home, in your family, there is the question the Lord asks of you today. Who do men say uh, that I am? 
in order for you to ask that question, you got to be right on the second question. Now, who do you, who do you say that I am? And, and, and how you respond to that will determine how you respond to that will establish this fact, whether or not you are alignment with the things of God or you're out of alignment with the things of God. And if you're out of alignment with the things of God, Jesus says it himself, you become a stumbling block. You know what? In other words, you become a candidate for a divine rebuke. So, so uh, today, my goal is to help you to understand how not to become a candidate for a divine rebuke. Yes, how do you become a candidate for a divine rebuke? Find yourself miscommunicating about the things of God. Find yourself misunderstanding the things of God. Find yourself misaligned about the things of God. Let's look at the scripture. Let's look at the scripture. Let the scripture convince you of these things in Matthew, in Matthew 16. Starting at verse 5 through 8, we see the miscommunication. The miscommunication. Jesus overhears a conversation of his disciples about bread. In Matthew 5, it says, now, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned, in other words, they were talking, they were reasoned amongst themselves, saying, is it because we have taken no bread? But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason amongst yourselves because, because you have brought no bread? They were talking. They were miscommunicating. They didn't understand the significance of what Jesus had just said about the scribes and the Pharisees, the Sadducees, etc. They didn't understand that Jesus was talking about the things of God and not the earthly things. The things of this world. The things of man. And so it's important that if we are going to be disciples of Jesus Christ, that not only we believe, that we have our belief in check, but our behaviors. How we talk about the things of God. How we behave or act behind the things of God are all in line with the things of God. Don't you know that you can be saved? You can believe, but you can be a thorn in the flesh of the pastor? Yeah, yeah, I said it. I said it. You can, you can be saved and you can believe. You can be actively involved in the ministry like Peter was, but you can be incongruent through your behavior. Mm -hmm. Peter, mm -hmm. saved, believed, called blessed, yet incongruent. 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 And so his disciples here miscommunicate about the things of God. Oh, we know they believed him because they followed him. They walked with him. Hey, Judas walked with him. Judas served with them. 
but Judas was incongruent. And so, and so to miscommunicate shows us that we are not in alignment with the things of God. Here's the second point here about misunderstanding. Misunderstanding. We see that the disciples, the disciples, Peter also, were misunderstood the things of God. In verses 9 through 12, we see Jesus even calls it out. Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up. How is it that you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to be aware, but, excuse me, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? And 12 says, then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. <laughs> you know, you could say that they were being biblically illiterate. <laughs> biblically illiterate. And Bible illiteracy, biblical illiteracy is a threat to the things of God. Bible illiteracy, especially amongst God's people, is a stumbling block to the things of God. So it doesn't surprise me that God, Jesus, has to rebuke Peter because of his own biblical illiteracy about the things of God. Again, in verses 18 through 23, Jesus says, hey, hey, I got to let you know. I got to let you know about my purpose and my purpose here is that I came to save. I came to seek. I came to provide a way for mankind to be reunited through to God through my death, my burial and my resurrection. That was my purpose. Now, understand that uh, 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 there were many ministerial activities. People were healed. People were fed. Demons were rebuked. All the activities and all the actions that Jesus did were for a single purpose, and that was to centrally bring man and woman and boy and girl into fellowship and the knowledge of him. He did it for salvation purposes. He did it. For salvation purposes. And so the central theme of the work that we do as a church is to bring people into fellowship and salvation with Jesus Christ. That's the central purpose. Why do we have a, a food ministry, a food bag ministry? To bring people into the knowledge and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Why do we have an ESL program? It's simply to bring people into the knowledge and the fellowship of Jesus Christ. Why do we have a, a youth ministry? It's to bring people into the knowledge and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Why do we have small group Bible studies? To bring people into the knowledge and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. It's about the things of God. But too many amongst us, even those in the fellowship, are misaligned. They miscommunicate. They misunderstand. And they become inherently stumbling blocks when they also qualify themselves for divine 
rebuke. <laughs> and church family, I would just warn you to be careful of not qualifying for a divine rebuke. Qualified to hold up the banner, the Christian banner. Qualified to be accused of sharing Jesus Christ too much. Qualified to be called out because you're loving too much. Qualified for those things, but don't be qualified for a divine rebuke because you're not in alignment with the things of God. The things of God. Peter, Peter, as we see here, he saved. Peter, we see here, he's actively serving in ministry. Peter, we see here, he is incongruent with the things of God. Matthew profiles it best. In this last part, he profiles it best when we are misaligned. What Jesus spotlights, what the scripture spotlights here in Matthew 16, 21, 23 are all those three things, the miscommunication, the misunderstanding, and the misalignment. Miscommunication, misunderstanding, misalignment. Pastor <laughs> had to stand here last week and <laughs> talk about the miscommunication, the misunderstanding, and the misalignment. <laughs> and so, and so, and so what we see here, turn your attention to 21, in sixteen twenty-one, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed. And be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, hold on Peter, hold on. Peter takes the Lord aside. I understand that Peter has grown affectionate to the Lord. I understand that Peter has marveled when the Lord caused the miracle that caused 7,000 to be fed. 4,000 to be fed. I understand that, that Peter grew so affectionate to the Lord that he didn't want no harm to come to Jesus. I understand those human aspects of Peter's thinking. It seems so reasonable. But church family, understand this. You can be so reasonable that you are so incongruent with the things of God. And Jesus says to him, Jesus says to him, uh, 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 but he turned, mm, he turned. And I love it when Matthew talks about he turned because in scripture, when Jesus turns, he turns and says something. He turns and teaches, he turns and corrects, he turns and shows compassion. And so as they are walking, then Philippi, Philippi, Syria, uh, uh, he hears this conversation. Peter pulls his attention and he has to turn and address Peter one-on-one. You've had those experiences, especially if you're a parent, when you are walking or doing whatever and your child says something out of line, 
something out of order, something that catches your attention and requires a direct confrontation. Well, that's what Jesus did here. He directly confronted the misunderstanding, the misalignment, and the miscommunication. And so he says to here, he says to here, and I love how, how, how Matthew puts it, we understand that Peter is the one talking to Jesus. We understand that Jesus is turning, and when he turns in verse 23, he identifies Peter. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Hold up, back up. He, he, he hears the words of Peter. He turns and looks at Peter, and then he says, get behind me, Satan. Well, hold on. Those two different names. He, he hears the words of Peter. He turns and looks at Peter. And then he says, get behind me, Satan. So Jesus, what are, you, what are you saying? What are you teaching us here? Is that when you are contrary to the things of God, when you are out of alignment when you communicate, when you behave, when you are misunderstanding, you are not representing the things of God, but the things against God, which are Satan. Jesus calls him Satan because his beliefs, his actions, his words are contrary to God's purpose for his son here on earth. Don't you ever get it twisted that the works that the church does is for the benefit of the church. No, sir, we don't do food bag ministries just to hand out bags of food. We do the food bag ministry so that people might come into the knowledge and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We didn't send these kids to camp just for them to go out and have a good summertime. But they will grow in the knowledge and the salvation of Jesus Christ. These equipments, this band, they're not up here just to play to their folly. But they're up here to help us usher in the spirit and to worship and praise God. So that those might come into the knowledge and saving grace of Jesus Christ. Miscommunicate. Misunderstand misalignment with the things of God. When you do those three things, guess what? You qualify for a divine rebuke. Verse 23. Verse 23. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. <laughs> he calls him an offense. Some, some translations say it's stumbling block. You are an offense to me. You are a stumbling block to me. Well, why would that be? Well, because Jesus has a divine mission. And his divine mission was set by the Father. And so the execution of his divine mission means my friendship with you, Peter, won't stand in the way. Your affections about me, Peter, won't stand in the way. These earthly things won't stand in the way. The things of man 
can't stand in the way. And when we get our priorities wrong and put those things in place of in the place of promoting the gospel and witnessing the people and sharing the light of Christ, then you are a stumbling block and you qualify for a divine, divine rebuke. Peter, he would have been well off. He would have been well off if he just stayed to the side. He, he, he would have been well off if he just sat out. He would have been well off if he didn't act so, so impetuous and so impulsive. And we also have in scripture, you remember that couple named Ananias and Sapphira? When they had motives and they thought that their motives was going to benefit the kingdom, but their motives were so earthly, their motives were so man-centered that it, it was contrary to the things of God. Do you remember that? As when, when, when the church, the very church that Jesus reveals to Peter and to his disciples here, that very church is laying the foundation and beginning to operate here in Acts with the first century church and Ananias and Sapphira. They were doing pretty good. They had some land that they sold and they got proceeds from the land. And instead of being honest, giving an honest reckoning about their tithes, their contributions to the church, they misrepresented. See, see, they misunderstood. <laughs> then they miscommunicated. And then they were misaligned. And guess what God did? He rebuked them to the extent that the Holy Spirit came and swept, took their spirit away from them. And they died. They died. Because when you get in the way of the things of God, God has a divine rebuke for you. You wonder why you're still struggling at the job, struggling in the household, struggling in the family, struggling with your life. Well, what is your behavior toward the church? What is your behavior toward the things of God? Are you causing contention and dismay and frustration for the people concerned with the things of God? Because if you find yourself out of line, and causing trouble, God has a way of discipline, correcting those who are out of line with the things of God. So church family, my encouragement to you, my encouragement to us is that we understand that the things of God are important for the purpose of sharing Christ of evangelizing, of bringing others into fellowship and the saving grace of Jesus the Christ. And everybody, everybody that is of faith, that believe our behaviors need to be in alignment. And we understand Peter's position. We understand that. We understand the earthly things. But more so, church family, we need to understand the spiritual Things. Because Jesus said himself, he said, man shall not, shall not, shall not, shall not live by bread 
along as essential as bread is, as essential as food is, as essential as water is, as essential as income is, as essential as having a head, a roof over your head is, as essential as processes is, those are a thing, but there is the spiritual component to these things. And so we must be concerned not only about the practical, but also the spiritual, because God is concerned mostly about the spiritual and the things of God. I'm closing here. I'm closing here. And so he says, Satan. Jesus is not having no misidentification issue. Satan. Get behind me. You are an offense to me. Why? Why? For you are not mindful of uh, the things of God, but the things of men. (laughs) You are not mindful, Peter. You are not mindful, disciples. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. In church family, when Jesus turns and convicts you of where your hearts and your actions are, then you have, you have a choice. And that choice is either continue down that erroneous road or to about face and turn. We see If we just look at it generally and compare his disciples, we have Peter and we have Judas. (laughs) Peter had the wrong thought. Judas also had the wrong thought. Judas thought, as many of the disciples thought, they thought Christ was coming to bring back an earthly kingdom. That they were going to take rule, that Israel was going to take rule over the Roman government. And that we were going to reign and have our glorious days. Misunderstand it. But as we see with his disciples, Peter corrected and he began to serve the Lord. He began to be instrumental, as we see in Acts 1, in the building and leading the first century church. But Judas, 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 Judas was contrary. And he sold Christ just for a few silver, pieces of silver. He sold Christ because he did not believe. And so, church family, we have two, two choices to make. Either we will turn based on the correction and teaching of Jesus Christ about the things of God, or, or, or we will continue down the wrong road and suffer the consequences of being used by Satan. Church family, understand this is that whether or not, if you are a believer or not a believer in Jesus Christ, you too can turn. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today marks a day in history for you to turn. You can make a turn today as our prayer and decision counselors are standing, you can make a turn. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.